Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus. Hi, I'm Rochelle, and today we start our 2023 series of Women Interacting with Jesus, where we will keep meeting different women who have and are currently walking alongside Jesus, both in the Bible and at OEC. To kick off our three-part series, Meg will be taking us through Mark 16, where we will meet the three women who witnessed Jesus' resurrection. This passage comes just after Jesus has been crucified and his body laid in a tomb. But before we dive into God's word, let's meet Meg. Welcome, Meg. Thanks, Rochelle. It's lovely to be talking for 12 with you. It's lovely to have you here. But really, I should say, welcome back. We have previously had you host our series on the fruit of the Spirit, but didn't get to find out much about you. Would you be able to tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. I thought I would share three things I'm passionate about. So the first thing is the health of rural Australians. That's my day job and I love it. The second is the Australian bush. My family are regular campers and bushwalkers and I love the sense of wonder and deep calm that I get from being in the bush. And then the third is words. I'm a big consumer of words. I love stories. I love poetry and I love conversations, both ones I get to be in and ones I get to listen in on, like in a podcast. So I'm stoked to be back on this one. And we are stoked to have you here. We clearly chose the right person. Can you share with us how you met Jesus? I very much grew up around Jesus. I have Christian parents and we all went to a church that was very active in caring for its young people. When I was a teenager, there was a definite period of trying to work out if I really believed that God was real and if I really belonged with God and with church. And for me, there were two questions at the heart of that decision. The first one was, is Jesus real, like historically? And was he who he said he was? God in the flesh, the one who could fix my sin. And for me, reasonable, plausible proof of Jesus' resurrection was really at the heart of answering that question. Was Jesus who he said he was? Or really, rather, is, because we believe that Jesus is alive. And there's been lots more for me to work out, and honestly, still lots that I'm still working out. But once I decided I could trust the words of Jesus, I knew that it was with Jesus that I wanted to be. And so it's my pleasure today to dive into this story of three women who were the first witnesses of Jesus' resurrection. The Bible passage our story comes from is Mark 16. Rochelle, would you read it for us? Love to. Mark 16, verses 1 to 6. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they could go and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb at sunrise. They were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb for us? Looking up, they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he told them. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they put him. Mark 16 tells the story of three women going to complete the preparation of Jesus' body for burial. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome. We don't know a lot about these women, but we do get some details across the Gospels. 
Mary Magdalene had seven demons cast out of her. Luke and Mark Lister as one of the women who were supporting Jesus and his disciples from their own possessions. In chapter 15, verse 41, Mark tells us that all three of these women had followed Jesus in Galilee and cared for his needs. And Salome was probably the mum of the sons of Zebedee, Jesus' disciples, James and John. From Mark chapter 15, we also know that all three were watching Jesus' crucifixion and that they witnessed Joseph of Arimathea take Jesus from the cross and lay him in his tomb. Here they are on the way to the tomb, fully expecting to find Jesus laying dead. They'd seen him killed, and now they're coming with embalming spices to complete his burial. I can only speculate at how they were feeling, but I imagine a degree of crushing disappointment. They were followers of Jesus. Mary Magdalene had quite literally been rescued by him. They'd taken care of him, and two of Salome's boys had given up their day job to follow him. Jesus had told these Jewish women that the kingdom of God was near and that he had come to fulfill the law and the prophets. And then he was killed as a criminal. There's an undoubted gut punch in the death of someone you care about, and I'm sure most listening will know that feeling. Jesus' death had been violent and it had been unjust and they had just watched it. I can imagine feeling a bit lost. I can imagine feeling a bit heartbroken. Something they had truly hoped for seems to have been thwarted. They'd been living this exciting and life-giving season with Jesus, and it had suddenly, violently ended. So here they are, perhaps immersed in layers of grief, very much believing their leader to be dead, discussing the practicalities of getting into the tomb when they find that the tomb is already open. The large stone at the entrance has been rolled away, and inside is a young man. Now, Mark's text doesn't explicitly say angel, but many clues are given. Young man, white clothes, has a message from God, starting with, don't be alarmed. Matthew's gospel describes the appearance of the angel like lightning, and he's sitting in the tomb where they were expecting to find their dead friend. Don't be alarmed indeed. Let's pick up the story again at verse 6. Don't be alarmed, he told them. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they put him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you. They went out and ran from the tomb, because trembling and astonishment overwhelmed them. And they said nothing to anyone, since they were afraid. So here we do find out the feelings of the women. They are overcome with trembling and astonishment. They run from the tomb and say nothing to anyone, per Mark's account. Okay, quick sidebar. We have four accounts of resurrection morning in scripture. All of them emphasize slightly different aspects and witnesses in the story, just like you'd expect from real eyewitness accounts. The earliest manuscripts of Mark actually end right here. And scholars think that the longer ending which follows from verse 9 might have been added by early Christians to round off the story after there were no longer living witnesses. That is, originally when you got to the end of this book, quite suddenly, you could then talk to real living people who had seen the risen Jesus. So how do the other written accounts help us finish our story? Holding the Gospels together, we know our three women didn't just say nothing. But they didn't exactly relay the angel's message in the first instance. John chapter 20 describes Mary Magdalene running to Peter and John saying, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. When Mary Magdalene returns with Peter and John, she meets with the risen Lord Jesus in the garden. 
Then she goes and announces to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Some writers make a case that the inclusion of this story helps us trust the resurrection's historicity. At a time when women would not be accepted as public witnesses, Jesus revealed his resurrection to them first. Culturally, women weren't considered trustworthy in serious matters. So if this were a made-up story, the early disciples would have made up witnesses with a bit more authority. And I'm inclined to agree, but I also love what this story shows us about God. Jesus' resurrection is good news for women. Women freely share in Jesus' victory over sin and death, and women are trusted by God to go and share his good news. Even women who have had seven demons cast out of them. Even women who make fearful false starts at going to proclaim that good news. And the angel's special mention of Peter should be a comfort to us too. Jesus' resurrection is good news for disciples who have fled from him in fear and even denied him publicly. Do you feel underqualified for what God has called you to sometimes? Because of what you've done in the past? Because you don't feel particularly impressive or important? Or because your efforts to stand up for Jesus have been fearful and flawed? I sure do. The resurrection is still good news for you and I, and God is bigger than the barriers that we think might keep us from what he has called us to. Bigger than our sin, bigger than our lack of status, bigger than our fear, we are still called to share God's message of life. So back to our trembling and astonished three women. Jesus, who they thought was dead, is alive. I'm not sure they understood the weight of it all right away but how they must have felt their grief unravelling and hope afresh as God worked in bigger and better ways than what they anticipated. Their time with Jesus was not at an end, but at a very glorious beginning. Friends, the resurrection is at the heart of our hope. Jesus was and still is not dead. God's kingdom was not thwarted in the death of Jesus. It is here and lasting. Jesus rising to life proves he was God's promised Messiah the one who could rescue us from our sin. I hope you've been heartened by looking at some of the details of the resurrection story afresh. Your Lord has overcome sin and death to give you life everlasting. Jesus' resurrection is good news from reliable witnesses. Mark, the extended edit, and Luke and Matthew end with a command from Jesus to go into the world and share this good news. Ladies, forgiven, helped, and called by our Lord, may we keep doing that together. Thank you, Meg, for reminding us from God's word of the impact of Jesus' resurrection on those women eyewitnesses and on us today. As this series continues, I'll be chatting to three more of our own OEC women about their personal walk with Jesus. In the next episode, I'll be chatting with Naomi about how she interacts with Jesus as a neurodiverse woman. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for 12. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals one, two. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.